This is the one with a creepy rhyme. A confused old lady. A parent concerned by their troubled child. An empathic alien species that drifts through space, then through their fear creates a massively powerful psychic holding pen for people in their vicinity, to be saved at the end by the power of the parental bond destroying their deepest anxieties. Wait a minute, is this fear her? No, it's completely different. Instead of a 12-year-old black girl, it's an 8-year-old white boy. Okay, well, that's fine then. It's called Night Terrors. Here we go. We're still on our endless voyage. All through time and all through space. With Slavine and Angels now. Dalek, Slimers, Uden, wow! Tenant Smith and Eccleston. And Capali, he's the man. Doctor Who is cool again. That was Russell's master plan. Who back when? Reviewing all new Who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory, Martha and beyond. Join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be but Who back when? Who back when? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to N083, <laughs> which is an episode of Who Back When, and it's some kind of doc pass. That's right. <laughs> or podcast, which is a real word. <laughs> no, we're embracing the doc pass now. It's official. It is official. T-shirts. <laughs> Get on with it. Who's here? Who is here? I don't know. This dude? Hi, I'm Leon. And that dude? Hi, I'm Drew Back When. Who are you? I'm Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Sadly, Marie is not here today. She's a little bit poorly. Traitor. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope you feel better. If she has to be on a recording this week, probably better she's on the one on Sunday. Oh, exciting. Spoilers. Already, I'm more excited about a different episode <laughs> that I haven't seen yet. <laughs> well, Both it's had well. bigger build-up, to be fair. <laughs> yes, we are but four days away from Jodie Whittaker's worldwide debut as the Doctor. Yes. Exciting. Super exciting. And yes, probably is more exciting than doing this review. But hey, <laughs> here we are reviewing Night Terrors. Well, people tend to really enjoy those episodes of Who Back When where we just tear an episode to shreds. Leon, so. what are you implying? <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe this one will go down really well. No? No? Everyone liked it but me? All right, fine. I'm suspending my judgment. That's my favorite episode. All right. No, it's not. B-scale? Let's tear into a B-scale. <laughs> Do it. Time for us to synopsize, lobify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. In a city block of flats, unworthy of a name or a location, Wee George is suffering from a bad case of shitting his pantsophobia. To stop him from associating everything with horror, he has his mum flicker the lights on and off and shines his torch on his toys to make terrifying shadows dance across the wall. Across the starry reaches of time and space, the doc gets a note through to his psychic paper, requesting a house call because there's no way George's nurse mother could get him any medical attention. Now, Amy, Rory and Doc must track down George and force him to confront his phobias while dodging wooden acting, wooden dolls, and wouldn't you know it, peril down every corridor. B-Scout over, you are welcome. Aren't you? Just... <laughs> that demonic voice comes in really handy in this episode uh, Yes it does <laughs> I wish I'd had it for fear her oh, Which yes. is the only time I'll mention that I'm sure Oh <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> I actually couldn't remember that one that well But I, I, oh, knew, you lucky, I knew lucky person. <laughs> I knew this one reminded me of it That's about it <laughs> That's it that's the note <laughs> <laughs> no, It didn't even get as a note <laughs> but, but you're going to come back to it so it's fine Yeah it's true to, Indeed. To pick up a thread I left dangling from before, this is the other episode with a man and his son, the paternal bond motif, which I was trying to 
add to my nascent list a few episodes ago. Oh, really? Yeah. This Wait, what series, was the context? When did that come up? I brought it up a bit prematurely, but it came after the Hugh Bonneville, the Pirate King, and oh yes, boy. and, he, he, and yeah, his this kid. is quite a lot of it in this year of Doctor Who. And there'll be Corden and Stormageddon coming up as well. And is Stormageddon a boy? We'll get to that. I don't remember. Well, I, I look forward know. to it. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a boy, but. but yeah, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of been done before in this episode, and a lot of stereotypes. Oh, like Ooh. what? The landlord, the old lady, like the Purcell. Purcell was great. Really? <laughs> you mean Bill Sykes? <laughs> Bill Sykes done good. Bought a block of flats. Who's Bill Sykes? This is from some soap opera, isn't it? Oliver Twist. Oh, yeah. right, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the reference. <laughs> um, did you not think he looked a bit like Ricky Gervais, though? He did a bit, yeah. yeah. I looked him up on IMDb, uh, didn't recognise anything he'd Purcell. done, really. Yeah. Looked like Ricky Gervais. Yeah, he you looked like Ricky Gervais had had a, l- a few too many drinks. Yeah, like, really front on. Like, if and there's any kind of angle involved, fall asleep like, no. in the sun. <laughs> okay. Damning screenshot available on whobackwhen.com, I'm sure. <laughs> Apparently, according to Toddy's Wiki Trivia, was based upon a gym teacher of Mark Gatiss's, who just scared the shit out of him. Well? Yeah. Did he have a dog? Did he bring I him to Jim? I don't know. Did he bring him to you? They all bring them to me. Soon more will be born. Which is what the doll's singing at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh? We'll get to that. Okay. No, I really liked Purcell. I mean, he was just a, a, a caricature. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. Like, those two characters are basically there so that we get some other sense of peril. And he obviously gets turned into a doll first, so we get to see Wait, that. Wait, those characters, do you mean... Her, him and the old lady. Uh, Elsie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also, there is a chance that Elsie never went into the dollhouse and just was attacked by like a renegade raccoon or something. <laughs> she spent the entire episode among the bin bags. She just that got, is possible. Got high on whatever was left in the bin bags. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was attacked by an urban fox. It shat in her mouth. She hallucinated. Or she, or she just slept through the whole thing. Yeah. She just, I mean, we don't, it, otherwise, we don't get to see her run around the dollhouse, right? Uh, she might be down a corridor at one point. Oh, is she? Yeah. On going, her own, though. Help her. She's on her own. We don't see interaction with dolls or interaction with yeah, anyone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So very possibly she just, like, you know, she had an accident while taking out the trash. Yeah. It Rubbish. could be her own dream sequence. Elsie has a vivid imagination. Why, why does Elsie think George is a little shit? Because George presumably doesn't leave his room or do a hell of a lot because he's scared of everything. He basically never sees her. Yeah. Why does she think that George is a little shit? Or vice versa. Maybe because he's always peering out from his window as she totters by. He's like, stop looking at me, you little shit. Stop judging Elsie. What is she expecting to do? I mean, she thinks that this kid is hiding among the bin bags. And she goes, get out of there. I'm going to give you what for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's really weird. Why is she approaching? Why wouldn't she just go away? Why wouldn't she go, well, fine. If you're among the rubbish, that's your penalty. (laughs) (laughs) You've not made me jump. Now you smell of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you made your bed. <laughs> <laughs> and a fox sat in it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she never once suspects wildlife. No. <laughs> did you like the dad, Daniel Mays? I think I did, actually. Oh, really? I don't... Was it his amazing acting that drew you to this character? <laughs> <Was> it... <laughs> you don't think he possesses amazing acting abilities, then? I find Daniel Mays to be the same in everything that he's in. Oh, I've never seen him in anything else. It, I don't know if I have. I've seen him in, in a bunch of stuff, and I, I, I just wrote down two things. The, the main thing that, I, that springs to mind when I see him is Outcasts, uh, and he had a fairly prominent role on that. 
And of course, it was a great show. Sci-fi show, an outpost, yada, yada. It, really cool. Check it okay. out. There's like one season. There might be two seasons. So does he just play He's the, the same, same watery vulnerability? Yeah. And I feel like he portrays anxiety in almost the same way as What's-His-Face. Uh, the guy whom uh, Tennant sets up Captain Jack with... Alonzo. Alonzo. Oh, the, that, that other guy. That, that actor. Can't stand. I can't stand that guy. I mean, the other guy is just a From straight humans. up. humans. That's right. No, yeah. not humans. No, not humans. Uh, um, that's a good one. Uh, being human. Being human, yeah. And this guy, not a bad actor, but portrays... I mean, limited range. Well, limited range of anxiety, and it seems as though he's been typecast to always portray anxious characters. Right. Yeah. Because he's got those big watery eyes and that slightly saggy, sallow jowl line yeah. that that just scream anxiety at an audience. He's probably not even auditioning for half these roles. He's just walking down the corridor and someone goes, that's brilliant. <laughs> Come in this room. <laughs> really method to be portraying that character while you're walking towards yeah. the audition. How did you know? <laughs> you 50, you can go home. <laughs> Come on, okay. Leo. Rip a hole in it. <laughs> well, I, I, I have an opening for Leon potentially to rip. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> not like that, for goodness sake. Anyway. Leon has a long history of <laughs> hating child actors. Yeah, absolutely came, sprang to mind during this episode. <laughs> really? Is it in your notes? It's not in my notes, but I did think it. This guy should have been CGI'd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my first note, though, which I, I did out of context that I watched this episode, is, is this child more scary than anything else that happens in the entire episode? I feel like he just has asthma. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is he not just really creepy? Ugh, gross. Uh... Like, unintentionally creepy, but... Yeah... Like, I was ragging on Elsie for thinking that he would be playing tricks on her, but you would kind of look at this child and go, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Just constantly staring. And presumably he's fogging up that window and just just watching her go by. I don't find him to be that sinister. Not sinister as the scary twins. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, They weren't scary in the slightest. It's like, oh, yeah, twins are scary. Uh, Holy shit, I didn't get that until now. They are the two dolls in the dollhouse. Fuck. Oh. They must be. There are two identical dolls running around the dollhouse and we get to see scary twins. That makes a whole bunch of sense. Oh shit. Oh, it wasn't just me thinking. But when does they get zapped? Well, I don't know. They get zapped. He doesn't have to zap people in his immediate vicinity. He zaps Elsie and he's not even looking at her. Now, they were originally identical quadruplets. (laughs) But he only got (laughs) two of them. Maybe it was. Definitely. Mark Gatiss is terrified of quadruplets. They freak him out. They give him the heebie-jeebies. Question. Can someone please explain no. what this alien... Okay, fine. Can someone please explain what this alien race does? What is, what is the core sci-fi concept happening here? Cuckoo. Yeah. It's an alien version of a cuckoo. And they find whatever species is dominant on a planet. And they presumably shapeshift into it. And yeah. intuit all the social behaviours. So... But to mimic a cuckoo, does that mean at some point in George's, I don't know, adolescence, young adulthood, he's literally going to fly away and find the rest of his species? Because otherwise they can't propagate and do this shit. Now, the doctor says at puberty he's just going to get a bit bolshy and might go a bit tensory for a while. But they're going to have to, he's going to have to go back to the other tenser. But there's another element to this besides shape-shifting and, and trying to be, just, I don't know, 
coddled by whatever civilization he's found or it has found. There's an element of transmigrating other beings and making inanimate objects animate. Does he have a special power that are they genuinely in? Has he genuinely transmogrified people into the dollhouse or has he created an alternate dimension where they are? Why does he have these powers to begin with? I'd say those two sentences fairly succinctly described what he did in total. But that's that's a completely separate story, isn't it? That's that's a different thing. So this guy can create his own matrix universe, whatever he can. He can just put, make a universe be anything he wants it to be. If he's scared enough, his subconscious will let him do it. Why not just escape there? Why not just do that? Why has he created a ghost house? where other weird sci-fi rules, like zombie rules, apply. Oh, everyone's now a wooden doll, and if you touch this wooden doll, you become a wooden doll. Because your fears are more powerful than your conscious mind, more powerful than we could ever understand. Why are all the dolls speaking like little girls? Because they used to be little girls. Jim just said. But including Purcell. Because it's creepy. Don't dig too deep in this, I don't feel like I understand what's happening. That's fine. It's full of holes. (laughs) He's not old enough to comprehend the scariness of an adult Purcell. He has no concept of rent and landlords. <laughs> He's not scared of the dog, apparently. The dog doesn't get taken. Oh, the dog's a sweetheart. Yeah, just licks your hand. Not very helpful when you're being sucked through a floor, but... No, that's true. Can I just say, the being sucked through the floor thing I thought was one of the scariest things in the episode. Oh, really? It made me feel differently about carpets. In fact, <laughs> I'm looking at yours right now. It's great. Sorry, I'm it's imagining not patterned, it's fine. S- swallowed by it. Hot. I- read how they did that it was green screened the guy was lowered into green liquid green liquid yeah how wow. cool is that wow, that's that, amazing that is cool. yeah <laughs> i really i desperately want to try that see if you can it's very the, it's the glee really, on his face right now podcast land it's so inventive it's drew and ari little phrase yeah if you'll accompany me to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was but at the same time he could have done more of a job of selling it I mean, he gets down on one knee and he's just like, oh, Bernard, Bernard out. Oh, fuck, there we go. Yeah, no. What the shitting fuck is happening? My legs go <laughs> through the floor. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell the landlord about this. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> yeah, no, no I agree. He, it's a non-reaction. He, he, he's just sort of baffled. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess you could go that way. Yeah, but wouldn't you just scream? Shock. You'd scream for help. Even Elsie screams. She does. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm. So... The Doctor's a bit of a dick in this episode. Oh, okay. Is he? I thought he was all Elaborate. caring. He's like, small child in distress, I'll bring out my caring side. Well, for a start, does he not intentionally abandon Rory and Amy without even letting them aware that he's abandoned, making them aware that he's abandoning them? Because he knows that George is in that room down there, passes them on the level above, and goes, oh yeah, you carry on knocking on doors around here, I'm just going to go do the real thing. And then they get sent down the elevator and put into the dollhouse. I think he thinks he's... T- keeping them out of harm's way rather than sending them directly into the lift shaft of, of peril. I also think that he might believe that they they would sort of sabotage the mission because this is right after Rory says something like, oh, there's a kid there. Oh, maybe he should be gobbled up by a monster. Yes. And maybe the doctor overhears him or reads it in them in some way and just goes, like, oh, these two shouldn't handle a child. I'll do that. What, the married couple that through their own kind of personified dreams have wanted to have a child and have yes. had a child they couldn't possibly be near a child 
Yeah. Their child grows up to be River Song, a psychopath in the highest security prison in the universe, and makes a mockery of it. I think the yeah. doctor has a point. Yeah, their parenting oh. skills. Yeah, I was kind of glossing over to be desired. Glossing over that bit. <laughs> uh, interesting bit of trivia. This is maybe jumping around a little bit too much, but on the point of they have a child, they have an offspring. No, they don't. Uh, not during the production of this episode, because it was only after the production, only, only after, like towards the end of this episode, that they decided where to fit it in. And apparently, this was originally meant to take place with Ganger uh, Amy, which is why yeah. there's a there's a line at the very end of the episode where he says, "Oh, we're all back together again in the flesh," and that's a reference to her being the flesh. I thought that was a little bit of an odd line. And then they changed it. And I also thought this was a bit of a shit episode to yeah. throw in where it's thrown in. Um, Do you know what? That explains why they have that long lingering shot on the Doctor's death date. Because originally that would have been the pregnant, non-pregnant, swirling DNA Oh yeah, spinning yes, thing. you're right. You're because right. I was looking at that thinking, well, that's pointless. Are you just reminding us that there's a season long arc, yet you're saying nothing about it? I mean, how helpful that's, well, a, that's that a super fair point. Hey, look, yeah. they did the creepy children singing as well. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a visual and audio reference to it. Ah, these guys, these guys cannot write lyrics <laughs> or rhymes to save their lives. So you had something about their rhymes. What were their rhymes? I didn't make a note of them at all. Tick tock goes the clock and others shall be born. Oh, okay. That's one of them. Ominous. Which is even worse than, oh, what's her face? In A Christmas Carol. Catherine Jenkins, singing away the same three words. Oh, yeah. But this, and others shall... Oh, come on. And there was another bit. Um, and dolls can shine with fear. That's that's another one. Oh, that's a bit shit. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, you've got... Tick-tock goes the clock. The cradle man, he rocked her. Tick-tock goes the clock. Wait, wait, even what? Even for the doctor. The uh, cradle man. He rocked Everyone her? Everyone be afraid of the cradle man. He rocked her? I think it's a reference to the Doctor's cradle in A Good Man Goes to War and how he rocked River Song's world with his suddenly grown-up penis. I, I, that's not at all inappropriate. That's, My, how you've grown. This is making me feel really awkward. Yeah, as it did as it did me because I was trying to find meaning in those nonsense words and that's where it led me. It's just, <laughs> Be careful with your juxtapositions, guys. No, I think you're doing the same mistake Leon did earlier. You're trying to find meaning in stuff <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> oh, sorry. Right, it's not, is, that, not that deep. This is just an I'm agglom- in good company. <laughs> this is just an agglomeration of lazily assembled motifs. It really and is. Rehashes. It's like the laziest episode ever. Okay, it? in that case, can I please point out something that's really nicely done in this episode? Okay. There's a there's a lovely little uh, soliloquy by the doctor. His these eyes are older eyes speech, which I quite liked. I, I'll pop a soundbat in. That's from 21 minutes in. I'm not just a professional. I'm the doctor. What's that supposed to mean? It means I've come a long way to get here, Alex. A very long way. George sent a message, a distress call, if you like. Whatever's inside that cupboard is so terrible, so powerful, that it amplified the fears of an ordinary little boy across all the barriers of time and space. Hey? Through crimson stars and silent stars and tumbling nebulous like oceans set on fire. Through empires of glass and civilizations of pure thought and a whole terrible, wonderful universe of impossibilities. You see these eyes. They're old eyes. And one thing I can tell you, Alex. Monsters are real. You're not from social services, are you? But this is the point where he's being a dick again. This oh, is, is this it? Is my second point where oh, the doctor's it. a dick. Because he's... He's nice to Alex later, the dad. Uh-huh. But this first thing, when he's just going onto the kitchen and he's 
making a cup of tea and Alex is like, who the fuck are you? Like, you've just gone and scared the shit out of my child by telling him all his monsters are real. Um, I think you should leave. And the doctor's like, no, I'm not leaving. And then he just turns and said, I'm the fucking doctor. That's who the fuck I am. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, no, that's that's a really scared parent and you've just scared the shit out of this child. And like, have some sense of where you are at the moment, doctor, and like, lay it out nicely. Not just, ah, believe me, I'm bloody amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me when I say that I lie about everything, but I'm not lying about this thing. Yeah, exactly. Perfect logic. Flawless. <laughs> <laughs> I did write in my notes, nice little monologue. Gates thought he'd do a moff. <laughs> oh. That was as much as I was prepared to give him. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. But I, I take both of your points. <laughs> okay, back to shitville. That's where this episode's set. <laughs> not just vaguely London somewhere. Shortly after that soliloquy, uh-huh. they are going through the um, the like, the photo album, hmm. and well, I, I've just written, why do they have four photos of just them standing in their kitchen? Because <laughs> you know when you uh, normally when you have like, oh, let's go through our photo albums, even if it's just a prop that you catch a, a glimpse of, there'll be a collage. Oh, this is us in the park. Oh, this was us on a Ferris wheel. Oh, yada yada yada. There are just four pictures of them taken probably within the space of a minute in the kitchen, just the two of them. This was two thousand and two, and they had a disposable camera with one roll of film in it, and that was all they had, and they had to put it all in the photo album. And their friend was just a little overzealous, trying to get the perfect shot that night. They thought, let's put them all in, group them by page. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Okay, I'm on, I'm on board. <laughs> You're easily pleased. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I'm picking over here. I have plenty more in both the shit and the, well, a couple of things in the good column. Anyone yeah. else want to take over, though? Let's hear another shit one. Another shit one? <laughs> I get the feeling we're going to need to, you know, really ration these good ones. <laughs> to help us through the hour. Okay. <laughs> I watched this episode in two installments. I watched half of it this morning and half of it after work. And this morning, I left for the office thinking, this is a cool episode. It's a really cool episode. It is scary. It makes no sense, but it is scary. And then the second half of it, I despised it. I, I thought it was absolute nonsense. Do you feel that there is a thematic shift about halfway through, which would occur roughly when they realise what the kid is. So just before the Doc and Alex are going to be sucked into the cupboard, you mean? In the incredibly naff scene when they're sucked into the cupboard, yes. Oh, they have their hair blowing and they were staggering forward. And I did like when they were when they were suddenly yanked backwards. Oh, that's a, that's a nice little stunt, if you will. But yeah. the rest of that scene is pretty naff. Oh, I don't know. Is is there's a lot going on. There's lots of quick cuts. The kids look. He's got his one look on his face. I mean, oh, I the room know. shrinks, doesn't it? The room shrinks. I think it does. Yeah, like it pulls the entire wall towards the cupboard. Oh, I, I think it's actually there's some subtleties to that. Oh, maybe I need to rewatch that scene. No, no, bother. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it twice now. <laughs> well, technically, I've seen it like four times. Yeah, because I, I, not sure if there is a change. I think it's just once it settles in your brain a bit you kind of realise how terrible it is. You think so? Because I watched it a couple of weeks ago and then rewatched it today to try and make notes. And today I did not enjoy it at all. But I actually finished watching the entire episode a couple of weeks ago thinking, ah, that was kind bad. of fun. Okay. Like, if I was a kid, I'd probably be scared witless right now. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out a sentence from my rating that I was going to read out at the end. Oh. I could probably sit through this one again, although I feel like it might not be as good second time around. <laughs> I can tell you, it's not. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> I thought Saved it was a, 
I thought it was a case of the build-up is really good. Like they, 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 as they're constructing the mystery, it's actually quite interesting. But then when you realize, oh, this is what's going on, go, oh, yeah. The first half of this episode was just a lie. Like I've, I've been given this really kind of crap payoff. I think the more interesting thing might be that there's not really a middle. I think they just, Ooh. they just do intrigue, 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 and then end. Yeah, the, climax. The, yeah, it's like dollhouse. Yeah, we've got that. Everyone's running around. Okay, there's not a lot happening there. And then, end. Yeah, it does sort of fast forward to Love Conquers All and... Yeah. yeah. Hey, at least this episode of Mark Gatiss's had an end. There have been episodes of his that don't have an end. Sleep No More never had an end. Which one's Sleep No More? Sleep No More is the one where the uh, your sleeps literally aggregate into monsters and they're running around a space station oh. and there's no intro. And... Yeah, at some point the the doctor has to. Uh, it's left completely unresolved. And then, the, I mean, there was the uh, Robin of Sh- Robot of Sherwood. Yeah, where he fires the golden arrow. That's, that's an even worse payoff. That's I terrible. think. I think this doesn't even make Gatus's top three worst endings. <laughs> <laughs> but that's only because he stole it from Fearher and took out the doctor holding up the Olympic torch. So you know, is that how this worked? Do you think? Do you think Gatus just nicked it because apparently originally he wanted to write something different he wanted this to be set at a, a psychiatrist's convention where people's fears would be made manifest that was the sort of original idea for this episode and then that turned into no that's too similar to i can't remember which other episode uh let's make it a no, that, power block. that episode is too similar to a previous episode I yeah. know what we'll do. <laughs> we'll make it even more similar to another previous episode. Let's make it a tower block. Let's make it not everyone, but just one person can make manifest their fears. Oh, and then yada, yada, yada. Mm. I feel like this was lost in redraft. Like the, the, Gatiss seems to me to have had like, the best intentions, and then somehow by committee, this episode got ruined. So I'm basing that it, on TARDIS it, trivia. Well, it strikes it more to me to be... Just a really lazy written thing. It's it's just okay. We've got a basic premise here. How can we make it interesting and scary? I know we've got a grumpy landlord. We've got a silly old lady down the road. Um, we've got twins that pop up because we we know they're they're scary. They're scary yeah. Um, we've got creepy children singing. They're scary, aren't and they? And laughing. And <laughs> laughing. That is fucking creepy laughter. Actually, <laughs> the lights aren't working. And I don't know. It's just like. Everything we can kind of go to make it scary feeling, but without actually having to try that hard. Yeah, there's something banging on the other side of the door. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's something trying to get through, and we got, we've got to block it with something. And there's two of us that are holding it, and only two of us can hold it. But I'm going to run off and get this thing, and then there's one of you yeah, holding yeah. it, and like it's just like <laughs> everything in a crap horror setting is just done in this episode. And it's just hoping that that will amount to a scary and or Doctor Who episode. Yeah, it's just yeah, we throw all that at it. Some of it will stick, yeah. People will, people will be confused and enjoy themselves. I think that could have been achieved equally by overwriting and then cutting back as underwriting. You think? I think this episode, like the trivia would suggest, maybe had a very troubled gestation, and then at some point you just have a shitload of notes and you just sort of whip them into the loosest shape possible and go, ah, I'm sure the actors will carry the day. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, how little in you. And, and it also seems as though it's led by cinematography. Like the, it, it's a beautiful episode in parts. And, and even before they get zoomed into the dollhouse, the shots of the, the tower block make it 
feel and look like a dollhouse. It's very, very well done in that regard. It's almost like a Doctor Who showreel. Yeah, it, but but with no substance whatsoever. Yeah, it just it feels fake. I think maybe that's the showreel thing coming through. Like it just, it feels like someone's gone right. Let's show. Let's have some let's, scary characters, but let's yeah. not motivate but it, them. But even to the point of like at the start, it's like let's show the companions. Being at the level with the doctor and knocking on doors yeah. in a montage way. Right. Okay. We've got that out there. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. Uh, let's show the puzzle for the day of like who got the doctor to where he needs to be. Oh, it's that child there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like paint by numbers, Doctor Who episode. And okay. Just s- s- slight tangent. But okay. Please. This, this Tenza creature can. Right, yes. Can call the doctor from across the galaxy? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, if they are cuckoos, is this not happening all the time? Yeah, exactly. Uh, my very, very first notice, in fact, oh, poor kid with OCD has telepathic powers equivalent to those of the face of Bo. It seems as though anyone, <laughs> wow. anyone who is ever scared of anything would just, I mean, his phone would be blowing up, you know, yeah. his, his telepathic paper. Every deathbed, he would be there. Yeah, exactly. How many eight-year-old superfans are crying themselves to sleep every night because however hard they obsess, they <laughs> can't bring the doctor to them. <laughs> Eight years and up, I'm sure. Yeah, we've all been there. Okay, another good soundbite, I think, good soundbites. Okay. Uh, 30 minutes, 15 seconds in. We, we went into the cupboard. We went into the cupboard. How can it be bigger in here? More common than you'd think, actually. You're okay. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. Nah. Yeah. I actually quite like when they get into the dollhouse. The, the dad and the doctor. Oh, really? Yeah, I think... They're only there for, like, a minute. I think it's one of the things, like, I, I could remember the episode from seeing it first time around when it aired. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very obvious that it looks like a doll doll's house. Agreed. Even though the the scale all over the place why is there an eye the size of a just lamp i was just thinking or that. a lamp the size of an eye hmm. is that established at any point i was literally just thinking that just, there's just like a massive it seems to be the eye that's out of scale with everything else yeah, yeah. and, and the dolls, dolls very specifically don't have that kind of eye yeah with an iris they're just nasty again it's like holes it would be really creepy if there was a giant glass eye in this drawer when they open it hey there we go yeah if we keep scaring them until the end of the episode, maybe they won't have time to think critically. That's, I, I, that's why it kind of works first time around. <laughs> I reckon that's another thing that's been lost uh, in redrafting. I reckon that's another potential character who could have scared him. Someone with a glass eye, like a neighbor with a glass eye Ooh. who scares him. And then, boom, let's just shoot this scene where they you know, open a drawer and there's the glass eye. And now the audience knows that, oh, he dulled the, that neighbor as well. But then they cut the neighbor and they go with your rationale of, yeah, but the eye did look creepy. Fuck it. Let's keep that shot. They could have just given Elsie an eye patch. And she'd be like, yeah, my also- new one's coming through the post next week. <laughs> <laughs> so simple. <laughs> Snow White and the seven keys of whatever it was. Ooh. Doomsday. Ooh. Doomsday. Something about the sometimes. Three little sometimes. These I have read. <gasps> Jim. Well, I've, I've definitely read The Three Little Sontarans. Yeah? There is a book you can get of Doctor Who fairy tales. Yes! And they're in it! <laughs> oh, it's the Dalek Emperor's new clothes, or the Emperor Dalek's new clothes in there as well. I don't know about that one. I definitely recognise The Three Little Sontarans. And is it the, good? And the, they are quite fun, actually. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Marie and I may not have read them to each other. <laughs> I've got a character note. Mm-hmm. I feel like Rory wasn't very Rory in this episode at all. We've already talked about him making fun of the kid. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. At, at some point, 
He's panicking and he's gabbling away. I feel like he doesn't gabble. And Amy has to calm him down. Really? And he's just wittering on. Is this not a return to old, like, first encounter with Rory? Rory. Wasn't he scared of everything new and different? Well, he might have been, but that didn't mean he started talking at 300 miles an hour. No, I think, I think you're on, I think he had a tendency to kind of cover silence when he was nervous, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it was quite this way. Mm. I don't know. I forgot, what, do you remember what you were talking about? Oh, something about it being dark. Yeah, it was all very quickly dark. Dark, dark's bad, isn't it? I don't like the dark. And on and on it went like that. Just, and his, his oh, grandmother's saying, oh, you miss it when it's gone and the, the, when the water's gone and the well runs dry, yeah. you miss the water or something like that. Talking and, that way about the light. Oh, I yeah. missed the light. The light was good, wasn't it? Do you remember when it was light? Oh, I feel like I zoned out for this bit. Yeah, well, you didn't miss much. Mm. Because Arthur Darville has had some thankless tasks in his tenure as Rory. And I feel like this was just a bit beyond him. Like It didn't gel with everything that came before for me. Well... I think I just I couldn't escape the feeling on the second rewatch that everything in this was just not quite right. Like the doctor kind of got a few bits where he sounded vaguely like the doctor, but for most of it, it's like, Are you the doctor? And I think that was the same with Amy and Rory. Like actually Amy didn't really do a lot. No, I guess that really. I guess that was Amy. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly Amy of late. I feel like well, it's actually How in do the you flesh, mean Amy of late? In the flesh she had a some at the end of that she had some stuff to do. I don't feel like... Well, we're going to get an Amy-centric episode next week. So yeah, that might be it as well. That'll re- restore the balance. Give her a holiday this week. And Rory's torch was flickering. There's another horror thing. Yeah. But that only happened once, and that wasn't explained, and then it stopped. It was the... It was the light switch thing. Yeah, it was the five times light switch, and the but five candles was... The mum's gone to work. It's not the doctor or... Alex yeah, but this that. is another thing. Like it, it, in in this universe, these whatever they're called, the, Tenzer. Tenzer. Why wouldn't he just make up a nurse mum? He doesn't have to have an actual nurse mum. He also can just control the light switch. He doesn't need someone like a primitive biped, carbon-based life form to you know flick it for him. Yeah. But I think the point is that they are they're trying to assimilate whatever race they've fallen into so he, he doesn't want to be doing that kind of stuff he doesn't even know he can do that kind of stuff but well, as drew said earlier it's like it's when the fear kicks in he obviously has some kind of power he doesn't really know about and that all stems through there but he wants his mum to look after him he, i don't know where the ocd stuff comes from but i think that sounds super interesting but i think the two of you are adding that meaning to this episode i'm not entirely sure all of that is in there well, I think we're just stretching the cuckoo metaphor quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, that it's not very clear, really, is it? Another thing that happened to Rory is the doctor bashed him on the head with his psychic paper, and Rory didn't even flinch, which I assume is after years of just abuse from Amy. <laughs> 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 just completely Probably didn't even notice. The neck up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just how people say hello to him, isn't it? As someone who has recently portrayed Rory, <laughs> how did you feel that the character came through in this episode? Um, oh, I, d- I did actually like one little bit. One little bit, <laughs> podcast land. <laughs> That's a quote. Um, I, always, I always like it when he makes reference to how often he dies. So oh. He did say, we're dead again. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> No, I th- I thought he was most was he was mostly Rory as normal today. Yeah, you know that's his reaction waking up every morning. 
<laughs> before he sees Amy. No, I'm dead. I'm dead. No, no, wait. This is my bed. Right. Okay. <laughs> he just wakes up at the ceiling rather than on his side where he can see the rest of the room. He's like, oh, I'm dead. I'm just seeing white. <laughs> well, he wakes up before the sun comes up. Yeah, definitely dead. <laughs> what about this. the ending? So the the doctor just goes, all right, well, you're now harboring this fairly destructive alien life form. Yeah. Have at it. I'll be back when his hormones are raging. Aren't, what are they called? Alex? The ten, oh, Alex is the father. Oh, yeah. So uh, Alex uh, and Claire. Claire. Oh, yeah. nice one. Aren't they now going to have to just tiptoe around on eggshells because otherwise their kid might turn them into wooden toys? No, because the kid's an empath. He is being exactly what they want him to be. That, and the doctor says that as well. And I have a theory okay. to explain one of the things about the episode that I most hated before I came up with this theory. Okay. Which was when Alex is saying, don't you worry, sonny boy, it's me and you against the world from now on. And, oh. and the kid just goes, Dah! Oh, God. <laughs> and then he says a bit more and a bit more of the psychic world disintegrates. And again, he goes, Dah! Is this the whatever you are, whatever you do, you are my son yeah. speech? You're, You're my, my son, son, and I will never, ever send you away. Leon's note says, oh, fuck you, episode. Yeah, I <laughs> hated that bit. Okay, okay. Now, I that could seem like some vastly underpowered writing, or perhaps it's just the perfection of the Tenzer's empathic camouflage, because Alex doesn't want to hear, Dad, but stop being a dick, and I want loads of presents for Christmas. Dad just wants to hear, you are the perfect, complete parent without caveat and our relationship is archetypal and flawless. And that is perfectly encapsulated in the single unadorned word, Dad. I'm not convinced that I just said it. <laughs> Deflating beach ball. Ah. <laughs> um, Since when did you become a spin doctor for poor episodes of Doctor Who? <laughs> Plus... Like, how did they get into this mess? Because he wasn't giving them what they wanted. They were thinking of sending him away to yeah. some... God knows what. I don't know. I was, I was a bit worried they were actually saying they were thinking about giving him up for adoption or something. <laughs> yeah. The way it was talked about. Yeah. But that was just the vicious cycle of fear, which they have now been jolted out. Oh, yeah. That will never happen again. Yeah, no, he's never going to no. be scared by his neighbours or the lift or when he goes to school and is bullied. Also, wait. How is this even going to work? On a, what about the paperwork what about the bureaucracy around this has he he didn't show up as a baby he showed up as an eight-year-old right i don't know if that was clear i kind of got that impression in places but then i wasn't sure if because otherwise he's going to school right now yeah they had a picture of him as a baby two weeks after she wasn't pregnant she had a baby so at the beginning of 2003 he just rocked up all right okay so he does have he has a passport and he's going to school and all that stuff. But yeah. presumably not a birth record. Yeah, that's also true. Well, I don't know. I mean, the picture was of her in the sort of clothes you would be wearing after delivery in a hospital. So I think he just, as really? an infant, hoodwinked an entire maternity unit. <laughs> I guess you could just go in as if you'd just given birth at home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we don't yeah. go out much. We, we've just been in our kitchen taking random photos <laughs> of ourselves for nine months. And now, yeah. Look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Thought I just had stomachache. <laughs> hey, that happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not when you're boozing on Christmas Eve and clearly not pregnant, but it happens. You've got enough padding to disguise it's it. Like, I think that's more the question. Like, all their friends and family, are they, 
like mind wiped with this as well. They but. have that one friend be. that can work the camera badly. That's all they've <laughs> oh, got. Right, okay. But this is the thing. Like, there's there's a whole universe built up, but it it would shatter at the at the first question. No, it, it's a perception filter. Perception filters are endlessly elastic. But does that mean that Apart he's from just dodgy going to? Photos. Is he going yeah. to perpetuate this perpe- <laughs> this perception filter forever, or is this kid now de facto human? Has has he shape shifted into human biology and will now age like a human and die like a human? Can can this kid now still manifest wooden dolls and murder neighbors and stuff? Yeah, will he grow up to procreate with humans, and will he have a half tens a half human? child or yeah or what's going on or is he now perpetually going to be eight years old no i don't think is he's going to perpetually the, be eight years old are you sure is I'm this pretty like, sure this is the fantasy not the fantasy this is the thing that the tenzer wanted to be it has now achieved it it will now remain thus forever the doctor says he's going to go through puberty oh yeah that's true okay, i fine. still think he's going to fly off afterwards yeah yeah exactly break his parents hearts gonna have an et moment they're gonna have to get him away from the the feds or the Met. More yeah. like the Met. The Met, yeah. yeah. That's I just wanted to say Feds. Feds. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the film that Purcell was going to watch. Oh, yeah. Bernard. Oh, I have to watch that film again right. instead of the boxing. Let's get E.T. on. Oh, no, it's just his this homemade is, snuff. This is 2011. This episode is set. Uh, 2006. 2006? Is it? Shit. Well, I, I, I read about this. Hang on. Maybe it was six. No, it's not 16. Hang on. I'll find out. I'll find out. The series anyway, was definitely broadcast in I kind 2011. Of feel like this landlord guy had access to DVDs or, given his age, probably a, a decent VHS collection as well. Why is he talking about this one film? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to watch that. <laughs> it takes place in 2016. Alex says George was born in 2008 and is eight years old. What? But the, no, it's the, a 2002 reference. Yeah, Christmas Eve 2002 on the yeah. photos. I, I'm just reading this off IMDb trivia, guys. Well, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Dare crap. Listen to us, guys. Um, no, well, Purcell was all about, oh, this is the first 10 minutes of app gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> I think both the side characters, like the old, old woman mm-hmm. and landlord guy, I refuse to give them names because they weren't worthy of it. Purcell is a great name, though. Oh, sorry, I uh, interrupted you. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's a great character or well acted. Great name, exactly. regardless. It's like they have way too much screen time in the start of this episode, considering how shit they are. Yeah, I mean, you just said the best thing about him is his name. Yeah, uh, no, I, I stand by that. <laughs> the, uh, like they, they, I think they must say more than Amy and Rory. A hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. And that's just bonkers. Yeah. Also, we don't get to see any redemption. Yeah, and no. Purcell's part. I mean, it, yeah. presumably he would now be a better person because otherwise he's going to scare the kid again and we're going to have this whole nonsense episode all over again. So he will have ha- have undergone some sort of catharsis, but we never get to see it. And little old lady is going to be scared shitless of going to the bins now. Yeah. Or she's going to get her bionic legs and uh, then she's just going to deliver everyone's bin- <laughs> deliver everyone's bins. You know what I mean? Take on everyone's rubbish. Like in in a block of flats like that, she she thinks the doctor's turned up to sort sort out the bins. Yeah. Well, what he does, does show up she... and go like, "Hi, I work for the council." But what does she mean? She goes on about the bins, and it's her and he's it's going that... up and down all the time. It's 
Like, we, like what is the solution? Like, y- yeah, wait, is, is there a broken? Wait, wait, there are two problems here. Is there a broken shoot somewhere? <laughs> I don't know. She's not very clear about what the issue is with the men. Elsie, Elsie. <laughs> yeah, well, she she does say the main problem is that people don't care anymore and they just throw their bins everywhere, right? Or yeah, their bin bags what's everywhere. What's that going to do with her knees? Exactly. There are two problems here. The council isn't responsible for her bionic legs. <laughs> yeah, she should be pleased. If oh, I'd be quite happy they would. <laughs> bionic legs for everyone. <laughs> if there's just a big pile of bin bags, then she can just drop hers off the balcony on top of the pile and there's no problem for the knees. I heard that this East London borough, <laughs> the, the, the council was recycling bin bags as bionic legs. How are you going to solve both these problems in one fell swoop? <laughs> yeah. I think when I started watching it, I, I thought she would be expecting him to be about the lifts or something. The lifts are quite a focal point of this episode at the start. It's like there's the weird noise and he's scared of it. And he, I don't know, I kind of assumed that the lifts were dodgy. Yeah, you're right. And that might explain why, like, the, the door didn't close properly or you'd get in and the door starts closing on you and that's why he's scared of it and stuff like that. And yeah. she'd be complaining about that. But no, she'd just complain about something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that takes up a lot of this episode. Come on. <laughs> I what? thought the... An entire the- scene, anyway. I thought the part in the lifts where Amy and Rory are transported away, you know, and it plummets and everything, I thought that was quite scary for a few seconds. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So there was potential there, is what I'm saying. Like, you could have stepped into the lift and it could have jolted and it could have jolted Elsie's knees and it could have been really precarious looking. Yeah. That was a much better executed scene than the cupboard suckage scene. Those two are equivalent, right? So I'm just smirking at cupboard suckage. Cupboard suckage. Cupboard suckage. I know. Oh, it brings me back. Okay, you mentioned the Met before as well. Why aren't there flashing lights all over the place? Because uh, some families' twin daughters have gone missing. Well, we've made a big leap with that one. It must be them! It's Tots Malods, the scary twins. Plus, everyone else has just disappeared this this evening, or whatever time of day it is. Yeah, this is escalating quickly. Yeah. Okay, that's true. And yeah, because they knocked on the door, they were there, yeah. and then next thing, they're dolls. So it, it's in the space of an hour, everyone just gets... He's having a massive freak out and is just like, no, everyone in the cupboard, everyone in the cupboard. Including these girls that I don't even know are there. He's he's heard them being creepy and... Several doors and a different hop-scotching floor. Hopscotching down the hall. That's exactly what they do. <laughs> yep. Talking to boys on tricycles. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. Chasing the blood. <laughs> this has happened before where an episode is three minutes shorter than usual. This is like a 42-minuter. Yeah. And... They've just taken out and subtracted and removed and all these words that mean the same thing. And then you watch it and it's way too short and you think, why didn't they just leave three minutes of it, more of it in and it would have made that much more sense. Yeah. And it's, I'm just saying it's weird how that happens. I mean, maybe it wasn't there to begin with. Maybe this was the best 42 minutes of footage they got and that was it. Well, I'm prepared to believe that. <sighs> well, that's sad. I'd much rather think that writing by committee and the editing process put paid to it because it just overwhelmed them with the complexity rather than nobody with any talent turned up from start to finish that year. (laughs) Which is not what we're saying. (laughs) No, no, no. This is a great year for Doctor Who and Gatiss is amazing. He's a legend, but the... the, uh, Even Titans may stumble on occasion... I can't escape. I'm going back to these side characters. Again. Okay. Because <laughs> it's not a big cast in this episode. Was like, it, there was another woman there as well. There was the, another woman who... The mother the of the twins. Oh, was it the mother of the twins? Yeah. And she didn't get to do much, though. She, she was told just, him to fuck off? Oh, yeah, right. She looked Arthur Darville in the face and like, you don't like, look exactly like your picture on Craigslist, but come on in and <laughs> take off your clothes. Actually, I think it was Amy. It's like, 
You're not a dude. <laughs> oh, Amy encounters the twins. Yeah, Rory's talking to Purcell. Oh, yeah, you're right. But anyway, it's not, yeah, a, sorry. It's not a massive cast. No. But I feel like it could have even been smaller and it would have been better. Like, I think if they had ditched Purcell as a character and had... So Elsie could have had the eye, reference to the eye. Yeah. Um, oi, oi. Oi, oi. <laughs> and we could have cared about her a bit more. We Actually, could have, yes. We could have seen her change. And then you don't have the missing uh, redemption because you could paint her in a, a decent light. She's a little old lady. I and liked just like, the limited amount of acting that she was allowed to do as well. I think I she overacted a little bit. Oh, you do? Yeah. Maybe I was, maybe I was just seeing her against eight-year-old George's underacting and <laughs> thinking it balanced out. I, I don't know. I still strangely like George. I, I feel just, like George he's overacted. Super, he's just super weird. I liked it. <laughs> well, I mean, George overdid his <laughs> thing. Yeah. But everyone did in this episode. After about way. 10 minutes, there was nothing more to George. Do the thing. Do the thing. Okay, so you really liked uh, the kid. You disliked the kid because he underacted. I disliked the kid because I thought he overacted. Why can't we agree about this kid? Because he's not human. That's <laughs> true. Racist. We the, react differently to his perception filter. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't really a Doctor Who episode. It was just a documentary that went wrong. <laughs> also, I thought it was a shame that they shipped Claire off while you're talking about side no. characters not there. I was oh, going yeah. to swing back to that. Like She's really underplayed. Yeah. What, what would you have had her do? Be another parent? Take on some yeah. of the watery anxiety? Maybe... Yeah. I ramp up the complexity of that because goodness knows there's been a lot of fathers in this series amy is the one careering disastrous mother we could have had a nice stable one for a change and she's a nurse as well yeah she and rory could have teamed up in some way that, that i feel like that's a missed I, trick as I well i feel like they're they're kind of ragging on nurses through doctor who and yeah, someone like, dislikes nurses like rory gets no respect whatsoever yeah and yeah the mother just gets written out of the episode yeah, a good nurse goes to work. <laughs> yeah, if you're a nurse, basically you can't take care of your own child. You can take care of everyone else's children, but not your own. Yeah. As, as the son of a nurse, I'd like to say that's completely untrue, but yes, that's Doctor Who's jaundiced perception of it. Mm. But it is, it is weird. They've got something. Someone high up is like, and make her a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even going to be around. Make her a nurse. Well, probably Gatiss's school nurse, you know, called him in for injections, terrified him with a giant needle. She can take it as well. Right. So fairly late in the episode, Amy wants to let the dolls into the room to take them by Ooh, surprise. Let the dolls out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's worth it. Absolutely what was required. So she's going to surprise them, right? And then the doll instantly says, time to play. And Amy goes ahead with her plan and gets caught. And I feel like that was fucking obvious. <laughs> you just listen to what the doll said, you moron. Yeah. But there was nothing else they could do. They were in a room, a locked room. They were on the other side. Someone needed to get into peril. They either break the door down and there aren't enough of them or they do something incredibly stupid. And there's no cleverer third option than that. There's no let them into this massive room and let's run away from them. Let's No, let's go into the tight corridor with them. Let's do that instead. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and it's a male-centric episode in general. So the female characters are all leading to peril or they are things to be feared, like the female dolls. Oh, True. Yeah. think of it. We have the male doctor with the father of the son battling wooden girls. Uh, maybe that's a completely redundant reading of it, but it, I mean, they did deliberately omit the mother from this narrative. 
And the old lady. Barely and ha- the old lady, yeah, exactly. Barely has any time at dollhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And the mother of the twins, who is not particularly sympathetic as a character. Are there three dolls when they get in there? Then? Oh, do you think the mother is among them as well? Well, because there's one creepy doll that is kind of seen quite a lot before you see the ensemble. Yes, but that's true. But there's also one that looks like a real doll. It's like the toy soldier. Right? A real doll? <laughs> it looks like a real doll. So <laughs> <laughs> More, less like someone who's been turned, and it's just, they got different coloured hair. Okay. Isn't, isn't there a one that looks like a kind of soldier character? I'm not sure there is. I remember no. Purcell gets so turned, Amy gets turned, and she's the ginger one. I mean, in that scene at the end, how many are there? There is a soldier Four? character. Oh. I've just brought up a screenshot, but I don't remember seeing this character in it at all. It's Here, do you want to see the picture? Just in yes. one of the wide shots, I think. Oh, yes. They should have used him more. I, I don't... So I don't know if we can really say that the mother and the twins are in there. There are just other dolls. Yeah, probably. It seems fairly unlikely that a Jacobean soldier just turned up one day, or whoever that is. What, what sort of soldier even is that? Napoleonic? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I Based on the hats. felt Napoleonic, but <laughs> So there's, there's that character, which is a male doll. There's the Amy doll. And then there are two other dolls that are not identical. Oh. Uh, yeah. I'm just... That was a bit of a stretch, that theory from the beginning. I only thought that was a really good theory, though. Mm. <laughs> hmm. Well, what can you do? Okay. Not watch it again. Yeah. That's what I recommend. Bingo. So my last bit, we've mentioned it in passing mm-hmm. throughout this episode. It's time for a segment I like to call Corridors and Corridones. <laughs> <laughs> because of all the corridors in this episode. Right. That, that deserves a jingle. and Corridors. <laughs> <laughs> and our first corridor. No, no, no. This is oh. a, this is a, a quiz show round. Oh, I'm okay. Sorry. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> do you corridor or corridon't? Wait for the laughing to catch up with you. Uh, do. Oh, Jim. Oh, rookie mistake, Jim. Oh, rookie mistake. Mute his microphone for the rest of the episode. <laughs> we are playing with real consequences, Jim. This isn't a laughing matter. <laughs> You're dead now, Leon. <laughs> okay, here we go. Corridu you or corridon't you Creep along at a third your usual walking pace Oh uh, I feel like this is a trick question You corridu right No you corridon't Because the menace will catch up with you That was just like the last one You also corridon't both face in the same direction (laughs) As if you need four (laughs) eyes fixed on the same point You corridon't climb in with the sleeping Silurians Because it doesn't make any fucking sense And you corridu destroy everything you meet, no matter how inanimate, so that once you turn your back, it doesn't come to life and kill you. And that's how you survive a Doctor Who corridor. Corridors and and corridors. (laughs) Thanks, Drew. (laughs) I'm saving that as a jingle. This segment needs to return. (laughs) Thank you very much for that, Drew. That was really good. (laughs) Anything else or shall we jump into ratings? Rate it. (laughs) (laughs) And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. I genuinely had this kind of buzzing around in my head as as just like, this is a flat, mediocre episode. So I I can plonk it right in the middle of 2.5. Like, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. The The lazy way out. The first time I watched this, (laughs) and halfway through watching it again. And yes, it was a lazy way out because I didn't want to expel too much energy on this episode. Um, but the more I thought about it, like the points just kept falling off 
like like through some amazing diet pill. Oh, you don't say. It's um, like this episode plummeted down a lift shaft. It, it was. <laughs> and got shrunken down to the size of a doll. Um, <laughs> God, it's, it's, going, it's going further down, actually. Like I'd, I'd, I'd hit 1.2 in my head. Oh. Um, do, do I not? Ah, oh, screw it. 1.1. I really don't want to watch this again. Like I, I kind of enjoyed it the first time around. It was, I could see how a child would get scared by it. And in that sense, it's quite Doctor Who-y. But then it's just really fake and not Doctor Who in so many ways. And nope, 1.1. Done. I mean, I can, I can follow up on that. It's weird that you say it's not Doctor Who in so many ways. When in so many ways, it takes off a previous Doctor Who episode to the extent that I r- rated this as Fear Him. <laughs> I like that Sherpa Tenzing got a completely random mention so that then the Tenzer could be a thing although that's really only word association so maybe I don't like that I mean <laughs> an ordinary Tenzer boy's psychic repository is really off the sonic scale it's off the scale it's off the scale this is something unprecedented in the universe there are millions of these things flying around much like there are millions of isoluses flying around I did like the utter commitment to trying to be as creepy as possible until it started eating itself and it got less and less effective with each new iteration. But at the same time, like Jim said, in a way this episode is passable. I mean, we've just passed it. So I give it what I gave Fear Her, 1.8. Ooh. Interesting, interesting. Muy, muy interesting. Okay, right. I still have to stand by what I said before, that I I found the build-up to be quite interesting. Stylistically, it was a, a, a great achievement, but I think much of that style was there for style's sake. It was style of a substance. It was creepiness for the sake of creepiness. There, there were various tropes exercised without ever involving any kind of motivation why you would involve such tropes. Why would there be... Oh, fuck it. We didn't even talk about like what would have happened if he, the kid have, had been consumed by the dolls at the end. Was there ever true peril? Could this have led anywhere? Could we have saved ourselves this entire adventure if he had? I think that perhaps because the kid had he, he comes from space, Jim says he's going to fly away. I think if he'd retreated utterly into the the black nothingness at the center of the dolls, he could have just disappeared, either gone to space or just disappeared entirely, self-destructed, and then everyone else would just have been stuck in the dolls' houses they were. So they would have been tiny, they would have had to find the TARDIS, the Doctor would then have to, you know, manipulate space to make the TARDIS tiny so that they can operate it and then make the TARDIS big with them inside it and problem solved. Nah, there's no way out the dolls' house, they'd have all been dolls within minutes. Oh, they would have been dolls? Dolls' dolls? Yeah. Okay. Uh, But then they just play forever and ever, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, those dolls have a lovely time. The amount of laughing they get done. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon, but I hate the sound of giggling children. I, 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 it, it <laughs> that, just... that, how could anyone interpret that as curmudgeonly? <laughs> in film or in TV, it just does not resonate with me. I, I, I found the child <laughs> actor, it's gross. I, I'm, I, mean, I, I found the, the kids, the, the boy George, boy George, I found him <laughs> heinously overacting. 
I was very disappointed to find that this was all about... I mean, I, I literally wrote, if this turns out to be all about a kid facing his fears, or if love conquers all, then I shall not be amused. And that is exactly what happened, because that's how stereotypical this was. Um, the ending, huge disappointment, all the schmaltz, and none of the substance or charm of a Christmas episode. Can't remember what I gave Fear Her, but as a facsimile of an already poor episode, I must give this a rather poor score as well, and thus I'm giving it a one point. Four. Very good. I think that's fair. I, I'm really sorry if I've just come across as very negative. I feel like I've. Yeah, sorry if we've ruined anyone's favourite episode, but watch some more. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, no. I think we've got this one. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I, I think everyone's going to resonate with us here. Here's hoping. Shall we see if uh, the people who sent in their minis resonate with our scores? Let's. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Okie dokie, we have received four listener minis. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's one whoop per listener mini. And we have just had an off-mic discussion and come to the conclusion that when we receive listener minis that are longer than 250 words... We will simply read the first 250 words. And for the rest of those listener minis, you will simply have to go to whobackwhen.com to read them in their full splendor. But we're nice people, so we might give you a few extra rather than cutting you off mid-sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll do the first 250 words and we'll read your conclusion. How people are going to now write us 400-word sentences, you realise. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stop after the 250th and then we'll go to all rating. But then we won't be good guys. <laughs> we spent 250 words talking about this now. <laughs> Let me just say right now, if you give me a sentence with no punctuation or just insane amount of commas and there's no ever end to the sentence, if you're just drolling on and on and on, there's no sense of the end ever insight if it just keeps just going on and on i'm not reading it you're gonna hate finnegan's <laughs> wake <laughs> i'll give it a go <laughs> all right this first one comes from jim the fish hello jim the fish howdy jim <laughs> hi jim <laughs> All right, Jim says, At long last, no overblown, improbable, or overlong story arc to contend with. It seems like Moffat had forgotten the roots of the show as we're bombarded week after week with clever for the sake of being clever wank. Luckily, Gatiss comes in to save the day slash season. One great thing about the classic series is that the stories were kept small, which made the universe feel big. The new series, especially Moffat's era so far, has a tendency in the other direction. Things have to be bigger and grander every time. This episode is visually stunning. The director manages to make those council flats look at once both artistic and stylish in a Cooper sort of way, and astonishingly mundane and depressing. The setting being shrouded in darkness really put me on edge. Agreed. Jim the Fish continues. Matt Smith is just fantastic as the Doctor, isn't he? Yes. His strength and purpose just shine through, like the scene in the kitchen where George's dad asks him to leave, and he refuses. The moment he casually puts his arm on top of the fridge just oozes menace and determination. When he says he has old eyes, you believe him. I think I'm the only one at odds with this scene. I really like that scene. Mm-hmm. I, I, okay. I am told some loads on your side, Jim the Fish. I much preferred the scene where it's like, we shouldn't go into the cupboard. Yes, we should go into the cupboard. No, we shouldn't. We're going yeah. into the cupboard. Yes, I like that one. I like that one as well. That's well written. Jim the Fish continues. Alex is brilliantly played too. <clears throat> you really feel for him with his struggle raising a son he's, he finds hard to cope with, as well as having a very intimidating landlord. I really did feel a bit scared for Alex when the landlord was pressuring him with his dog by his side. Yeah, I mean, just because he does the anxiety well everywhere doesn't mean that he didn't do a good job. No, that is true. That is absolutely true. He, yeah. I feel like the guy is typecast, though. 
I dare you to find anything he's done with just pure optimism. Well, you can't see past his hangdog face. Come on, casting directors, show a bit more imagination. <laughs> so now we skip a bit, yeah, which you can find on whobackwhen.com. And you should. Skip uh, to the end. I, I specifically agree with uh, Jim DeFish's uh, anti-penultimate paragraph. So, the end of Jim's review. Overall, a really enjoyable, moody standalone break from the arc. And what does he give it, people of the room? Oh, dear. Are you listening? Yes. <laughs> know how we didn't get above a two? <laughs> Jim the Fish gives it 3.7 out of 5. Wow. That's almost as many as all of us put together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think combined we gave it a 4.3. You have a huge heart, Jim the Fish. I would like to put to all our reviewers, though, Watch the episode again and see if it changes your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for a social experiment. <laughs> and, and then add a comment onto the original review to see if it um, it did change your perception. Because it changed mine. I, I was in the middling ground, definitely. Okay. And Wait, middling ground, but you weren't on 3.7. No, I was on 3.7. But I was in better com- company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were, there were some some twos rather than the skinny ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jim the Fish, thank you so much for your mini. Yeah, and providing some probably much-needed balance to podcast land overall. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ladies and gents, go to whobackone.com, read it in its full splendor. Okay, next up we have... Star Wars still, Star Wars still, Star Wars still. Star Wars still, Star Wars still, Star Wars still. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Awesome. Hello, Star Wars still. <laughs> hey, SWS. Swuss begins. George is very cute. And the moment when Alex charges murderous dolls to save his son made me teary-eyed. Again! Oh, blows your theory out of the water, Jim. What was my theory? Sorry. Well, Star Wars still has clearly seen this before. Oh. Oh, you took it as again to see... Oh, okay. I read that as Star Wars still gets teary-eyed at Doctor Who quite a lot. Oh, um... How are we interpreting this? I don't know. Star Wars Hill, write in. Yeah, let us know. Explain yourself. Star Wars Hill continues. My biggest quibble with the episode is the parenting. Even though you just got (laughs) teary-eyed. If it's scaring the kid, why keep it? In the kid's room. (laughs) It's a very small flat. (laughs) That's such a good point. Yeah. How did we not touch on this? I had this thought multiple times. That is a great thought. I don't want to live there under Purcell's thumb. It's a very imperfect situation. (laughs) (laughs) Let's carry on, sorry (laughs) Is there some grandparent who will be offended if the doll's house just goes away Into the trash or a second-hand shop or something And what about these scary pictures Alex speaks of The parents can't figure out why their kid is continuously scared When they keep putting everything that scares him in a room with him Turn the lights out, close the door between the kiddo and the nearest adults Then tell him to fall asleep Stole Seal continues, the rest of the quibbles are as follows. An eyeball that doesn't even fit the dolls in a drawer of said dollhouse just to be scary to the audience. Excellent point. Rory complaining that there are no lights when he walked right past at least one light switch and didn't even bother to try to turn it on. That's some pretty poor set dressing there, guys, in your rented stately home for the week. (laughs) I mean, it's dark, but not dark enough for Star Wars Seal. (laughs) There are windows with light coming in, but they never try to look out. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Let alone try to break one when the doors don't work. The insurance on the stately homes never going to let them do that. 
It's like Rory and Amy are trying to get killed by the dolls. Classic horror story bullshit. Star Wars still concludes, For all my beefs, the fact this episode makes me feel things is something I cannot deny. 2.9 out of 5 light switches Rory ignores in favour of bewailing they are forever doomed to walk in darkness. Very nice. Oh, thank you so much, Star Wars Sill. Love that rating. <laughs> Ladies and gents who are not Star Wars Sill, you can follow Star Wars Sill on Twitter. Star Wars Sill is at Star Wars Sill. Oh shit, I've just seen the first line of the next review. <gasps> so have I. Oh, oh. excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> <laughs> the next one comes from Tracy, Tracy from America. America. Hello, Tracy. Tracy starts off with today we review fear him (laughs) (laughs) great minds think alike probably the worst doctor who adventure ever at least among new who from the horrible doll costumes the strange pacing and incomprehensible plot elements right through to the rushed ending this one is just awful but worst of all is that no one even mentions the goddamn baby that Amy had to raise unknowingly while still a child herself from last episode. These are all all caps. Amy should be absolutely traumatized by last week's experience. Let's pause and recap. Amy was held captive while unconscious and pregnant, only waking as the baby was literally about to come out of her. Then said baby was pulled from her arms and taken away. Then she learned that her childhood friend was her daughter. And the entire time, she was actually supposed to be raising her. Amy was given zero warning that she had to be a mother from age eight to a child that was already older than her. She should be upset. She should be pissed. Brackets off. She should be guilt-ridden. She should be emotionally drained from it. It should be messing with her, and it should be messing with Rory. We should see some of that, especially in an episode about wanting or not wanting a child. But, of course, the explanation for that is this episode was shunted out of sequence. Yeah, exactly. It was supposed to go where the pirate ship one went originally, when the whole pregnant, not pregnant thing was still yeah, up in exactly. the air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. River hadn't, Melody hadn't even appeared. Which, indeed, may be referred to in the rating. Yeah, Tracy finishes it with a rating of, doesn't even belong in the canon production order mumble grumble. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think they could have expended just a morning on reshoots. One more scene in the TARDIS. Yeah. It was like, oh, actually, you know what? I just made this connection. Wasn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they couldn't go back to the stately home, clearly, or maybe the block of flats, but some corridor somewhere would have sufficed. <laughs> or just ditch it. <laughs> yeah, ditch it. Make yeah. up a new episode. Leave the fans without an episode this week. No, just shunt, shunt them all along. Do another one later. No, you know what? Just leave them without an episode this week <laughs> and then have it build this grand myth around the one missing legendary episode of Doctor Who. It was so good, you guys. Yeah, you never that, got to see it. God, like a, everyone went into a doll's house, man. It was so creepy. Wait, shit. Did you just say doll's house, man? Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, man. I really want to see this episode. Yeah. Why can't I? I'm imagining something much better <laughs> than they could ever have filmed. <laughs> It's like Shada to the power of ten with dolls. <laughs> I get that the dolls were supposed to be creepy, but I wasn't actually ever scared by them. Their appearance was horrific, but the way they moved so slowly and were clearly just wooden and they... I see, I thought they were creepy as balls. Yeah? Yeah. Did you not think so? I don't know, really. I don't think I ever felt they were threatening. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. But the, 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 it's, it's like with everything else. It's like generic scary. 
Yeah, but scary as shit. I mean, but, like, but there's no context to it. So. No, that's the well. That's my overarching, overarching criticism of this episode. There is no context. There's no explanation. Yeah, but but it's like big doll, scary. There you go. I mean, like, don't throw away those doll costumes. No, I'd, make a. I like, I like the costume. Make a horror movie with those doll costumes, and teens will gobble it up. Done. Slasher. Yeah, and we're not saying by we want more context is we don't want this to be a standalone episode. There are plenty of great standalone episodes. Midnight, yeah, is one of one of the best. But this one just no, yeah, no, just deficient on every. Level. Oh, by yeah, I mean no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy. Ladies and gents who are not Tracy, you can follow Tracy on Twitter. Tracy is at Yekatnyatnoff. That's Fountain Fountain Tracy backwards. Sort of. Yeah, that's right. Sort of. (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) Tracy Fontaine. (laughs) I reason you use like weird every way around. Come on. That's true. All right. We have one more listener mini. This one comes from Michael Ridgway. Ridgway. Excellent. I think that might be the first time I've done that. That was, was perfectly it, okay. Right. I mean, yeah. windows cracked. That was perfect. Welcome to the choir, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to start with Michael's good stuff? I'll say some good stuff because I'm a negative bastard normally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's hear it. Good stuff we have. Old school creepy who. Mm. Creepy laughing singing giant dolls. Ugh. Do you want to say some of the good stuff? A bin bag monster. <laughs> And the doctor ramming a giant pair of scissors into a creepy giant doll. In brackets, I think I just find scenes where people get stabbed with scissors funny. (laughs) Might want to get that checked. (laughs) And Michael continues with some... Beefs. (laughs) Michael's first beef is maybe too talky in places with too few scares. Really? Oh, interesting. I mean, maybe at the beginning where they're canvassing for votes or whatever they're doing. Yeah. There's a bit of kitchen chat. I suppose. I think if I think if you could expand. Oh, sorry, I just cut you off there. Go ahead. I was going to say, I kind of feel like it's quite dialogue light, actually. Yeah, there like dialogue comes in bursts, but maybe the too few scares thing. I was going to say maybe that refers to the act. The third act could have been expanded upon rather than jump straight to the crescendo. You have the doctor now having to face off with myriad Hoovian corridors in a dollhouse. Yeah, because they they just skip to the end, don't they? Yeah. It's like, bossy. Oh, oh, we're in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but not just that. Cheat gold. Yeah. Yep. All right, sorry. Michael continues, not enough bin bag monster. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Maybe too sentimental? Yes. And perhaps too reminiscent of fear her. Yes. In brackets. But less pants. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. In summary, says Michael, some memorable creepiness, inoffensive, but by no means a classic. Although, incidentally, the sinister goings-on in a block of flats reminded me of fantastic and far superior Seventh Doctor episode Paradise Towers, which gives it an extra point. Rating, 2.3 out of 5 old ladies eaten by bin bags. So, but for 1.3, really. Yeah, but for the Seventh Doctor's (laughs) charity by association. Okay, fair enough. So we haven't I, seen Paradise Towers, so de facto we agree with I you, I think Michael. I have to just jump in here, because I think <laughs> Paradise Towers is the Doctor Who episode I remember from my childhood. <gasps> oh, oh, oh! I think it is. I'm just doing a quick, like, image search. Okay. I think there's, there's like, a big monster in a pool. <gasps> yeah, this is, this is the one. Wow! Good reference, Michael. 
Love you, Michael. Any references? Uh, it also has Space Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, is John Cleese in this or something? Oh, I know. It, 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 oh I don't know. And John Cleese as Space Hitler. Oh, wait, it's not a Hitler mustache. He's like a... He's like if Groucho Porter Marx were Porter a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I have, I have very little rec- recollection of Doctor Who from my childhood. But for some reason, I remember that episode. Oh, and there is a pool with a crab monster in it. Yeah. Oh, Is it yellow? Yeah. Oh, holy smokes, I absolutely want to see... I, I, I need to see this episode. <laughs> well, Tune we, back will, in we will get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael. Awesome mini. Ladies and gents, we want to follow Michael on uh, Twitter. You can. Michael is at Bad Movie Club. He is selflessly watching all the terrible films of a century of cinema to leave a legacy of bite-sized reviews so that you can enjoy these aw- this awfulness for what it is. Mm-hmm. So follow him immediately and your life will be enriched. Uh, yeah, you absolutely should. We do. So everyone liked it more than we did. Everyone else in podcast land. Yes. I have one final note that will hopefully sway them. Oh, please. Which is that Claire the nurse comes home eventually, having missed the entire adventure. Yeah. To a scene of extremely indistinct fun. Everyone is in the kitchen because the dad is going, oh, I'm going to get you. Now you're not scared of being gotten by literally everything that tried to get you. And the doctor is waving around kippers. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, eh, this is fun, isn't it? People like flying fish. They. And that scene just sums up the episode for me. It's like <laughs> wavy hands and that will suffice, right? We'll dress it up. Wavy hands are fun. Woo! <laughs> I'm waving my hands around podcast land. But actually, Woo! zero substance, Jim, because people can't see that. Damn it. Invent that video thing that lets <laughs> the world see. No, don't do it. Yeah. Hmm. Flying fish. Flying fish. Except, except I made the flying fish pun. They don't even make that. And what I just described to you was better than what was on screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've done that, right? What's next? Next up in you, we have... The Girl Who Waited. <gasps> Bing bong hey. Oh my goodness. Mm. Which is a great episode. I believe. I believe it I is. I believe it's a good one, definitely. I remember that being complex and yet another one of those fabulous ones, one of those fabulous few where time is uh, an actual narrative component. Yeah. Because she ages more quickly or more slowly? No, more quickly. She experiences yeah, time differently. she's got a compressed time stream. Bingo, there you go. They love that. Mm-mm. So that's going to be good. Oh, that's compressed gonna be fantastic. time streams. Oh, yeah. Compress them, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the classic Who uh, review channel, we have... Something about dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Invasion of the dinosaurs. That's the one. Oh, it's going to be great. I can already see the video trailer for this one, I think. Talking about something that happens on the same day that this episode drops. A bonus episode. About what possibly could be happening? (coughs) What possibly could be happening? Well, we have Jodie Whittaker making her debut as the 13th Doctor in an episode called... Wait, do we know what it's called? The Gender That Waited? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. (laughs) Keeping that in, keeping it in, keeping it in. (laughs) Oh, that's too good. Um, (laughs) I literally slapped my leg (laughs) in comedy pantomime style. That was so good. Instant reaction Jodie Whittaker ep in short. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bingo. 
And in the audio channel, <laughs> if I like the title enough, maybe we'll do it. Are you ready? Yeah, why not? Okay, wait, hang on. I'm going to find out. The next audiobook in the Eighth Doctor Adventures series that hypothetically we would be reviewing is called The Eight Truths. And it appears to be a two-parter because it's a season finale. Ooh. So it's The Eight Truths and World Wide Web. Ooh. That sounds funky Well maybe, you'll find out Podcast Land Will we or won't we? If you don't want to wait for the next episode If you are too impatient Then you should go and listen to four episodes That we dropped very recently In our Bonus Who channel Namely the four parts of Operation Pandorica Our very own Who Back When branded audio adventure Yes Mm. Which has met with positive reviews From at least three different countries (laughs) That's true Wow Yeah uh, and in the meantime, you can say hello to us on Twitter and places. Drew? Stay yourself into my Tweety Brew by following me at Drew Backwen. Marvellous. Jim, you don't have Twitter yet? What's Twitter? You can say hi to Jim uh, by email. Send us uh, a few lines on whobackwhen at gmail.com and we will pass them along. Uh, you can say hello to me on Twitter. I am at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. You sort of know how to spell that, mostly. Uh Keep getting misspellings. Uh, <laughs> How do you know if they're misspelling? <laughs> People email. It's like, oh, hi, pumpkin. Hi. Oh, right. <laughs> I, Wait, no, if they're calling you pumpkin, that's just something else entirely. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, rock on and cha ciao. Bye bye. See ya. <laughs> Blammo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. But I've got no friends. No problemo. Tell some strangers. Hooray! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao ciao Who back when?